Hi everyone, uh, my name's James Westgate and welcome to Happy Hour. I'm really looking forward to the theme of this month, which is Vet Nurse Diversify. That means tonight we're going to be throwing the spotlight on where your nursing skill sets can take you, not just outside the profession, but just as importantly, where those skills can take you within the wonderful world of veterinary nursing. To help us do that, we've got an amazing panel of guests lined up. So it's a lot to cram in, so let's get cracking and meet our amazing guests. In no particular order, I'm delighted to introduce our three dauntless doyens of diversification. That's Freya Watson, Luke Fruin, and Belinda Andrew-Jones. Hi, guys. Hi. Um, <laughs> so, right, let's crack on and let's meet Belinda. Belinda's a former director for nursing at CVS, who has previously worked for 16 years at the Queen Mother Hospital at the RBC as senior nurse of the ECC department and clinical educator, an active member of both RCVS and RCVSVN councils. She is now using her veterinary skills and knowledge working for NHS Dorset Healthcare University as the senior manager of a large vaccination site. Previously to this, Belinda was employed as an interim nursing manager for the vet based at the Southampton practice. Now, uh, we were speaking before this, Belinda, you've diversified throughout your career. We've had absolutely loads of questions come in for you. So let's get going with our first question, which is this one. Uh, is it possible to pursue a different career while still nursing? I love changing things up, but I also love my RVN job. It's a good starter. Definitely. And I think it's, it's vet nursing has got such a broad scope. And this is really kind of really found this out in the last um, six months of how good veterinary nurses are and the veterinary profession is, is at having such a can be multi skilled and the skills can be used in so many different environments. But also not forgetting in the veterinary world, there are so many different ways to use your vet nursing that you don't necessarily have to go outside of the veterinary profession to do something different. So yeah. there's so many different ways. Yeah. Um, next question. I'm wondering about becoming an ECC nurse. What's the best advice you can give me? Yeah, um, get experience. So whether you have experience in, in every single practice you work at, you will get ECC experience. Even if you're in a little tiny practice, you will see the occasional patient come in and learn from it. Um, but also if you go and get experience, you don't have to leave your practice to gain experience of ECC. You can ask and go and visit other practices um, you know, out of hours practices, you can go and work out all sorts of things to go and get experience. When you do get experience in, in ECC, make sure it's with um, a, a practice that's um, you know, good at ECC, working with vets that actually like ECC and not just want to do, do it for nights. Um, so you're having good experience from, from working at that practice and read lots, lots of CPD. There's lots out there and just gain more and more experience and uh, see if you like it. Mm -hmm. I used to love it. Well, still do. Yeah. So it's a case of finding, doing a bit of research and you, you, your advice would be, I guess, uh, these practices, they're looking to help. It's that kind of profession, isn't it? And if, if you yeah. reach out, then you probably get someone who's going to say, come along and check it out and see what we do here. Yeah. Yeah. Go and, and uh, you know, go and I always suggest to people, you know, local referral practice, go and offer to spend a day there and go and see what you like it. Go and see. Um, universities that have got ECC departments, go and, go and offer and see if you can um, work there for the day and go and gain experience and you can get a whole different scope. Um, and it's a, you can use it for CPD as well for your hours. So just ask and, and most of the time people will be quite gladly if you come and visiting and they're learning. 
Fantastic. And our next question is, how did you become a director of nursing? And did it yeah. involve a lot of additional study? I suspect it may have done. But uh... Yeah, so I used to get asked this quite a lot. And some people kind of come to me and say, expect it to be kind of given to me on a plate or they want a similar job just given to them on a plate. It doesn't work like that. Um, I actually uh, approached them about it, but I spent years of thinking where I want to go, kind of the sort of job I was looking for in the future. But it's I had a very broad knowledge of you know small animal, large animal, equine, referral practice, um, the whole the whole scope um, of veterinary nursing, education, um, management. So it's you can't just have small animal knowledge and that's it and expect to kind of get that kind of job. It's you have to have a very broad knowledge of a lot of things and also be able to have the kind of balls to be able to have a job like that because you mm-hmm. have to um, be you know think strategically you have to um it's very different than a normal vet nursing job and you have to have a very broad knowledge um and um yeah so, so get out there and really get as much experience as you can i guess similar yeah. to the ecc you know visit other practices yeah. get as much knowledge and broad knowledge as you can um to get to work your way up to that kind of to level but it's it's the uh, strategic bit that's kind of more difficult to kind of gain more experience in, but you get that with time. And I, um, I guess even if that is your aim, then and, and it doesn't necessarily work out, you might find yourself doing something else. Yeah. I mean, that's what it's yeah. all about. You could find yourself yeah. doing all sorts of things. I guess yeah. a lot of us started out in our careers with a plan and that plan changed and we found ourselves doing something else, which was just as cool or maybe even better. Yeah, I, I always, uh, I've never kind of had a clear plan of where I want to go in my life I kind of see where life takes me and uh, see what I love and only do things that I love and if I don't love it move on to the next thing and so that's why I've kind of dived back. I think that's why I've been veterinary nursing for so long I'm kind of uh, geriatric when it comes to vet nursing of, um, of most people have kind of given up by you know I've been doing it 30 years and but I think it's because I've diversed off to different areas um, you know I've not kept to just working in a certain area keeping it fresh and, yeah. and just yeah. looking for new challenges right yeah. we're going to Keep run out of time i've got loads of questions came in from oh, sorry. and the panel so what does director of nursing for a company like cvs involve and what were the things you enjoyed and didn't enjoy yeah there's so many things that i uh enjoyed there's so many areas that i, I, I didn't enjoy so much um i think the the hardest bit was starting off and starting in in a, in a job that nobody had ever done before and trying to kind of completely start from scratch and go, okay, where do I want to go? Where do I see the whole kind of strategic plan going? And then how am I going to get there? And then actually seeing what was really lovely is, is seeing it all to come together to seeing really good improvements of a whole range of things, um, of kind of all things going into the plan, which, which was wonderful, but it just it takes quite a long time, quite a lot of yeah. effort to kind of get there. Good things come to those who wait, as they yes, say. Yes, yeah. but, uh, we, as we mentioned at the top of this, you're now working in uh, in human health. So yes. um, what have been the most surprising differences between working in human and vet health um, you've seen uh, so far? And how have you managed to make the adjustment? Yeah, um, I've actually been really surprised how how I fitted in and how actually vet nurses have got. I thought kind of before I started, you know, that human nurses would be um and I've got out got used to not saying human nurses now I can say it with you guys and uh but the of um such a broad and knowledgeable vet nurses are and how great they are at communication um I kind of thought that the human nurses would be a lot better or the, a lot of the ones that I'm working with than doctors 
that they'd be really good at patient care. Um, and actually, um, customer services, the stuff that we as vet nurses do all the time, of customer services dealing with owners all the time, dealing with problems, dealing with people that are upset, dealing with all these kind of things that we do on a day-to-day basis that we don't even think about. Actually, those those skills are really, really useful. And actually, uh, I'm better at customer care than a lot of my colleagues um, dealing with people that are like, for instance, I dealt with um, two drunks the other day. And uh, one of the, I walked into a situation where the receptionist was saying, oh, no, I'm not having these people. They're shouting at me. He swore at me. I'm not going to deal with this. When actually it was two guys that were really, um, yeah, they were drunk, but uh, it's because they were really nervous about having the vaccine. Mm. And so it's just having really good customer care and talking to them and saying, come on, guys, you want your vaccine. Let's go and do it. Let's be polite. Don't swear and go through it. And it's, it's just having those skills that it's you, that's really surprised me of how great vet nurses are and how knowledgeable as well and how um, we have such a broad knowledge as well of, of everything. And, and a great example of how transferable um, the skill set is. Yeah. Um, what led to your current role at the vaccination site and what have been the main challenges? I think dealing with drunks is probably one of them, maybe, or not? Uh, well, uh, it was my mum that's my fault that actually got this job. Um, okay. Of She actually was like, oh, I really think you should do something with a vaccination. I was like, oh, I don't like humans. Um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> We all feel like that sometimes, Belinda. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they um yeah she she was I, I mentioned the job about it I actually applied for it I, I'd worked all day I'd driven from five o'clock in the morning I was staying in a hotel 10 o'clock at night and I just was like in bed and oh popped up on my phone and I was like apply for it you must apply for it and um then actually in the NHS there wasn't anybody in the Dorset area that was had skills to run a large vaccination centre where I kind of fitted the mould to be able to have you know clinical knowledge uh, you know, knowledge of governance, no knowledge of regulation, um, running large uh, clinical management, and those kind of things. So, yeah, there isn't many people that could that could to do that. Um, highs and lows. There's been tons and tons and tons. Every day is a high uh, of amazing things, like little old grannies that come in all dressed up and full makeup just to have the vaccine that haven't been out in months, 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 um, or people that are terrified about having the vaccine and they come in and they're so euphoric afterwards when we've helped them have it um sad times um it's uh i was blame boris um not having to have the availability of vaccines sometimes mm-hmm. uh, sometimes we want to i can give 1500 vaccines a day at um, a center but sometimes we're limited on vaccine numbers of how many vaccines we can have how much we get allocated and then we have to cancel staff which is really upsetting and um yeah it's sometimes it's, it's things out of my control that i can't like vaccine numbers but um, but, but, a, but again, a career in veterinary nursing has clearly left you well prepared for that sort very, of thing. Very, very much. Which, um, yeah, yeah. Which which brings me on to our next question, which is, yeah. do you think you'll ever return to veterinary nursing? Well, I have. I do. I am yeah. working both. So today okay. it was, um, I had a day off from my normal job, NHS job. And this is a, you know, this isn't a forever job. I'm, I'm contracted till uh, middle of September. And, uh, you know, it may well be taken more depending on the vaccine, how many people are vaccinated. But I worked at um, uh, Street Vet today um, and it was actually bringing the two, a bit like One Health with um, the homeless people. So I've been doing a lot with homeless people, but actually bringing in Street Vet and um, doing it at the homeless shelter. So kind of combining both together. And of course, I'm on um, RCBS, you know, VN Council and the main council as well. So I'm very, very much involved in veterinary. Veterinary is my you know, vocation, my career for life, and I would never leave it. Um, but, you know, this is this is. I've been able to use my vet nursing skills to help 
um, you know, the greater good of people in the long run. So, yeah, Fantastic. never leaves me. Yeah, um, well said. Um, I'm a VN and I love my job, but I've been doing it for a long time. I wonder if it's time for a change. What doors can my VN training and skills open in other areas? I mean, obviously, you're a living, breathing Everything. example of that. Yeah, anything. And do just think of your career and think, what makes you happy? You know, what aspects of this? And this is what I did before I got my job at CVS of kind of thinking, okay, I've done ECC for a long time. I've worked obviously for a long time. What aspects of it do I like and what do I don't not don't like? And then you can kind of think of a career or think of a job that you really love. And it may well be you love nurse consults. So go and do a job just doing nurse consults. You love radiography. Just go and work in radiography. And do what makes you happy. And that will give you a long career if, if you if you always do things, you know, I think just don't do a job that you don't love. Do do stuff you love. But it, because it can be easy to get stuck in something, can't it? Yeah. And, and I hope people listening will take that on board and think, just go for what make makes the you change, happy. Because yeah. otherwise every day is boring and every day is not exciting and or unhappy. So yeah, do things, be brave, change, do stuff that makes you love. Great answer. And this is the final question. Um, we did have tons more, but I've had to skip over it. Sorry. Me uh, no, no, you've got some. No, no. Great answers. Um, I'm still in my 20s. Obviously not me. I wish. Um, me. But I'm still in my 20s. And while I love the core duties of being a vet nurse, is there any advice you could give me to develop my career that could allow me to diversify at a later stage? So I guess yeah. someone who has, you know. Yeah. And I was keep pushing yourself and don't listen to people when they go, oh, I used to have this all the time. Um, when I first started out at RBC, um, all of my friends used to, you know, come back from work and sit and watch TV all the time and not do anything. And they used to go, why are you studying? Why are you doing this? Why are you, you know, shutting yourself in your room reading? Just do lots of courses. Do as many courses as you can. Try and get a broad experience. Um, you know, do loads and loads of CPD. And that will really help you in your future career. Try and do things that are as broad as possible. Um, and that will really help with, wherever you go in your career. Fantastic. Well, thank you ever so much, Belinda. Okay, now on to the panel section of our show tonight. Um, we've already met Belinda, but uh, I'd like to take the chance to introduce you to the two other members of our panel. That's Luke Fruin and Freya Watson. Freya qualified as an RVN in 2012, got a B BSc in 2013, both from the RVC. She then started an MRS part-time at the RVC in 2015 while working full-time at Fitzpatrick Referrals as a senior RVN, after which she was promoted to research coordinator in 2017. Freya is currently a third-year PhD student at University College London, based at the Royal National Orthopaedic Hospital. Hi, Freya. And Luke. Luke is the hospital manager at London Veterinary Specialists. He received his Level 3 Diploma in Veterinary Nursing in 2004 and joined LVS in 2017 after working in a busy hospital environment. It's been his passion from a young age to work with animals and one day manage a veterinary hospital. He describes his role as hospital manager as exciting and challenging yet fulfilling. Good evening to you all. Right. Again, we've got tons of questions sent in. So... First question is for you, Luke. You ready? Yeah, let's right. do it. What drove you to become a hospital manager? It seems like such a massive job. What did you have to do to reach your goal? And has it been worth all the hard work? Um, so, yeah, I mean, to be honest, it's it's 100% been worth every, uh, every blood, sweat, tear, to be perfectly honest. Um, I'm not 
a particularly clever person. And to be honest, that's what probably drove me into um, kind of management over, you know, more, more clinical type stuff, I guess you could say. Um, it is a challenging role. Um, it keeps me very busy. Um, and yeah, like you said, you know, I've had a passion to work with animals from such a young age and, and to be a veterinary nurse has allowed me to, to do that. So, yeah. Fantastic. I'm sure you are clever though. You, uh, yeah. you, <laughs> I don't know. You do yourself a disservice. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> Freya, um, what led you down the research route yourself and why is it something an RVN should consider? Um, basically, I, I really enjoyed my undergrad undergrad research project that I did um, but then I just sort of followed the usual when I graduated I then got a job as a vet nurse um, but I wanted to do like Belinda was saying I was one of the people that like always wanted to do more courses and sort of further myself um, and so I started exactly as Belinda said started really thinking about what are the aspects of my job that I enjoy what what have I done that I really like doing that I'd like to do more of and that's when my undergrad project came back um, and sort of whilst that was happening as well, I started helping um, some of the vets with their research and helping with a bit of data collection. And sort of through that, um, one of the vets um, who's she's a she is a, a vet and an academic, she sort of whispered in my ear that I should do an MRES, which then sort of planted the seed. And basically, that's what I end up ended up doing. Um, and I absolutely love absolutely loved my MRES and so then I um, applied to do a PhD which is what I'm doing now um, I, I think yeah RVN should definitely consider a career in research because everything that we do every day is based around research all of the like decisions that are made case management advice to owners drugs technologies and you know it, you know why shouldn't we be involved in like thinking yeah. about what those research questions are going to be so, yeah. yeah, and I know you weren't. We working doing some some stuff of EMS during the pandemic as well, weren't you as well? Uh, yeah. So when the pandemic started, we um, a few. So there's a there's a group of um, veterinary academics um, who are all based at UCL, and we we ran a um, online research course for veterinary undergrad students because at the time they didn't have access to EMS in practice sort of at the very beginning of lockdown. So yeah, we showed, we gave them a bit of an insight into our careers, which went down really well, I think. Yeah, certainly did. We, I know we gave you a bit of coverage in the Vet Times. Belinda, yeah, you thanks. <laughs> to, to you, um, you must be so busy so much of the time, um, but do you get the chance to relax and how important is it that we all learn how to find the right balance? Yeah. I'm probably the worst person to ask about relaxing because I, don't or I when I do have like oh I'm gonna have a day off here I usually fill it with something of um and do something else so but it is really really important to find the right balance and but you've got to find the right balance for yourself because some people really find it more therapeutic to actually be busy uh, some people like you know totally relaxing and not doing anything I'm a person that likes to keep busy and that makes me most happiest when I'm busy doing things have got lots of things to do uh, sometimes I do rebel and sometimes I'll just spend, I like gardening. So I'll just uh, take myself off and do lots of gardening myself and uh, leave everything else to it. But um, yeah, I, I keep myself very busy all the time, even when I'm supposed to be relaxing, which mm -hmm. isn't always. My husband minds me. Yeah, I, I like to think I'm the other way, to be honest. But uh, <laughs> as you say, we all have our strategies in life, don't we? And it's Yeah, I like to keep busy. Yeah, where that balancing point is, I guess. Yeah, um, like holidays. I don't do uh, beach holidays. I do busy holidays. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, right. Okay. Um, Luke, um, I'm considering stepping up into a management role. Do you have any advice on how I might manage that transition? I think a lot of it for me was finding um, my fit. So what I mean by that is finding the company that, that supported me and, and kind of my development and, and the goals that, that I had set myself. Um, so I think a lot of it is, is finding, you know, a team of people that will support you to push you to where you want to be. Um, you know, I've been very well supported by my family and now my fiance who has, you know, they've, they've pushed me and drove me to, to excel and to, to push myself to develop really. Um, I think that to be honest is probably the, the most important thing and also to be, to give yourself a bit of a boot, you know, to, to push yourself and to say that, you know, you can do this. It will happen when it's meant to happen. That's, that's the way I had it is that, you know, if something's meant to happen, it will happen at some point and it will happen stress-free, hopefully. But you've got to work at it and you need that support. Yeah, I think, yeah, you've got to chip away and like I say, surrounding yourself with the right amount of the right people, but also with the right attitudes, you know, if you surround yourself with people, that are negative, then you're going to be that way, you know? So I think a lot of it is, is finding the right people for you. Good, good answer, mate. Good answer. Um, Freya, how did your RVM background prepare you for studies at the UCL? And how do the vet and the human sides differ? Um, I mean, there's, there's so many kind of like Belinda was saying as well, there's so many transferable skills and especially like into research as well that veterinary nurses already have. And we use all the time, um, like sort of critical thinking, as I said, we use, you know, evidence-based medicine in our practice all the time with problem solving. We work as an interdisciplinary team. Um, we, we do a lot of data collection. You, you already do it every day. Um, you know, and then there's other things if you get a bit more involved in, in research, going to conferences and things like that. So um, all of those things definitely prepared me, you know, but I would say like to getting to where I, you know, I, I did put in a lot of hard work. And I put in a lot of time to make sure that my CV was full enough with the right things. Um, so that did take time to work on um, to sort of, feel that I could apply for a PhD. Um, for the vet and human sides um, differing, um, some things are really similar. Um, I remember the first time that I was in theatre um, with my supervisor, who's a spinal surgeon. I was really, really nervous about going in. And then literally, as soon as I stepped into the theatre doors, I was like, oh, this is exactly the same as an, a veterinary orthopaedic theatre. Um, and there's lots of in human medicine, there's lots of sort of paramedical professionals, occupational therapists, physiotherapists. So they're actually, they're all used to working with each other anyway. So then as a veterinary nurse, I sort of just become, you know, a different version of that. So um, yeah, I, I really enjoy sort of sitting in both camps. So, so not as different as you thought it might have been. No. Um, I, I think people are a lot more interested in, people are a lot more interested in me the human medical mm. professionals are a lot more interested in me than I am in that than I am in what they do I think because RVNs do and vets do such like a such broad work compared to um human medical professionals um they they're like the anesthetist is like oh and what size ET tube would you put down a dog and I was like well it depends on the size the mm. dog is and do you use this drug and do you use that drug and like they had so many questions whereas for me everything was the same um but it, it's really interesting um 
to, to sort of to experience. Yeah, I guess for one thing, humans are all roughly the same size, aren't we? So yeah. um, you don't have some of those difficulties. Yeah. Uh, that's a great answer to you, Luke. Um, in your role as hospital manager, are you still able to deal with patients? And if not, what do you miss? Yeah, so um, one thing that I was very, for a better word, firm on when I, when I took the role was that I still wanted to have a degree of clinical nursing. Um, I think... Well, I mean, I, I don't know, but um, from my understanding, you know, we're all veterinary nurses because we care. We want to give something back. Um, we don't like people. That's number one, to be honest. Um, so I think I think a lot of it was, yeah, like, you know, we set something in where it was like, I still get to do a little bit. I don't get to do as much as I would like, to be honest. Um, my main interests are radiology and oncology. So running a CT, performing ultrasound studies, uh, you know, administering chemotherapy. Those are kind of my my main interests. Um, which I still get to do. So, you know, I, I can't complain really. Um, and a lot of it is is finding balance and having honest, frank conversations with, you know, your senior members of the team and just saying, this is what I want to do and I require your support to do it. I think that's that's what it comes down to really. Mm -hmm. And you must like people a little bit to manage a team, Luke, come on. Uh, I like my people. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, do. I can't That'll complain. Do. I can't complain. Uh, I can't complain too much. Great stuff. And, and Belinda, what are your top tips for managing vets? And, and what are some of the common issues that arise for nurses in that position? Yeah, I think it's really important to be really friendly, approachable and knowledgeable, but don't be a walkover. And um, I'm a big believer in nurses being the patient's advocate. And if you don't agree with something, you know, check it out. Uh, for instance, you know, a patient's blood pressure drops. Check it out. Check it again. Check all the other parameters of the patient. But be firm, um, you know, if that patient's in pain, if you think it's euphoric, whatever that is, be the patient's advocate and make sure that you stand by it and make sure that you, you know, stand for your patient. Um, and I always believe in, in doing um, plans for nurses, uh, do uh, proposals. So if you really want something, like you want a new piece of equipment or you want to change something that's in the vet practice, um, write a proposal so you can think clearly about what you want to change, why do you want to change it, what's the cost involved, what's the implications of the patient, everything, write it all down, then it's much harder to argue. And you've already done all the kind of arguing in that. And you've already done the kind of cost benefit analysis with that. So you can go to your boss or go to whoever it is, say, I want to change this because this, and you've already kind of thought about all the argument with it. Um, so I think that's really useful. And I found that in throughout my career. And even now, I found it really, really useful to do those kind of things. But yeah, be strong for your patient. Always be an advocate. Yeah, great answer. Great answer. Um, Freya, uh, what was involved in your role? I know you've discussed it briefly with us, but what was involved in your role of research coordinator and have your nursing skill, how have your nursing skills helped you develop your career in general in that sphere? Um, so the, the research coordinator role was kind of developed around me starting my MRES. Um, so then as I was doing the, I did the MRES part-time and as I was doing it, uh, the role kind of developed with that but I mean essentially I was doing either some running prospective um, data collection and I was making sure that the right patients came in and I was carrying out the gate analysis on them because we were looking at lameness um, so making sure that they came in at the right time and that we had the data and everything um, or I was looking at retrospective stuff where I was using the clinical records to find data um, and putting those together into um papers or abstracts for conferences and then I was also supporting the other team members to um 
to do their own research. So I was helping some of the residents with data collection or getting the right images or the interns or um, yeah, things like that. So, um, and uh, I think I had to be a nurse whilst I was doing it. So I did use all of my like communication skills when I was talking to the owners. Um, you know, I was still working with patients and people. So, um, you know, and there was sometimes patients would come in for data collection and I would have to flag something to the vet and think that it wasn't right and that they actually needed a, a recheck with a vet, for example. So, um, yeah, so I definitely um, used my skills all the time and, and I still do, to be honest. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. It keeps coming up. Those uh, communication skills have been so useful to all mm. of you, haven't they? One yeah. form or another. Um, but back to you, Luke. Um, what do you find most challenging and what are the best parts of the role? Uh, I think the best, I'll start with the best parts. Um, I think the best parts for me are to be, well, just working with such a, a really amazing group of people. Um, you know, we go in, we do our job, but then we also hang out, you know, we're all friends outside of work. And I think that's really important because it allows us to to just work that little bit better together, you know, during the day to get, to get through the day. Um, I guess most challenging is, to be honest, is switching off the end of the day. Um, because what I like to do at the end of my day is give myself 10, 15 minutes of, of for a, a better term, self-reflection. So I sit and I go, okay, so challenges of today were ABC. I dealt with them by doing this, 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 and maybe with a bit more time or a different approach, I should have dealt with them this way. Um, and I think that's part of the reason I am where I am is because I've been able to, to take time to kind of do that self-reflection, that self-development. I think it's, I think it's really crucial to be honest. Good answer. Good answer. Freya, I'm an RVN and I'm really interested in getting into research, but don't know where to start. What advice could you give me? Um, well, you need to think about what interests you. Um, and then once you've sort of looked, you know, is it dermatology or um, rabbit husbandry, you know, what, whatever your, your area of interest is, um, look into it, um, look into it a bit more and sort of consider what you're doing in your job day to day and keep an open mind about why we do things a certain way. And if you're not sure why ask why, or if you think something could be improved, just sort of thinking about those things is often going to sort of inspire a research question. Um, and then I'd say like talking to someone about those ideas, once you have them, even if they're just like a tiny, tiny little crumb of an idea, actually then talking it through with someone helps it actually develop um, and start engaging with um, journals and current literature on the topic you're interested in. Um, for clinical research, for small animal clinical research and practice, the, um, there's a pet, there's pet savers grants. So you can apply to grants to provide money to allow you to run um, uh, some clinical research and practice. So if you needed to be able to like sort of pay for your time, basically to do that, um, you know, that or, or you need to pay for equipment, those are sorts of things that that would be for, um, uh, you know, consider some further education. Um, most master's uh, projects require a research project at the end, um, or I did a, um, an MRES, which is um, all completely research um for the whole uh for, yeah for the whole time so it's a bigger project um yeah for experience um and you can take it as far as you want it really fantastic and belinda um are there good courses out there on management for vns and can anyone join um so yeah. the vmg for example there's loads and 
a, a really good one to do is is the RCBS um, leadership one, which is based on the Edward Jenner Award, um, which is um, a very very well known from um, NHS background. So it's it's a really good practical course and really good for um, BNs and vets in practice to kind of build on their knowledge skills. Um, there's lots of other courses out there. There's loads of ILM courses, you know, level starting off at, um, you know, level three and then going up to, say, level five. Um, there's so many different courses out there. Um, it depends what you want to do in the future, whether you want a like, specific veterinary one or whether you want um, a lot of management ones is generic, whether it's veterinary or, um, or you know, anything else. So it's, it depends what, what you want. Um, but there's some fantastic ones out there. And I definitely recommend the RCBS um, Leadership Award. It's great. Yeah, give them a good shout. Um, and Luke, um, do you think more practices should be open to VNs becoming practice managers and have opinions changed in that regard over recent years? It's something in my work I've seen occasionally in a few practices I've visited. Yeah. Um, is it becoming more common? And do you think it's uh, that trend's likely to continue? Yeah, I think my immediate answer is yes. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, we should 100% be um, encouraging RVNs to to manage practices. Um, you know, not every RVN, every RVN has different goals and different ambitions. And I think, well, I'm one of those nurses that wanted to go into, into practice management and, you know, manage the people. So I think, yeah, 100% we should be pushing that. Um, and I think, yeah, I think opinions are changing. Um, I think in in all in all um you know different job types that opinions are changing overall so you know i'm now covered in tattoos 10 years ago i wasn't allowed to be so i think i think things are changing absolutely yeah i mean for the, just for the better yeah i mean just quickly on that just a point from me really i mean do you reckon there's anything specific about your background career as a vn that makes you a better manager and what is it Patience, mm -hmm. <laughs> I think in one word. Um, yeah, I think that's a lot of it is is patience, taking the time to, you know, because everyone in this call will know that our patients aren't always the most cooperative and that that degree of patience that sometimes, not sometimes, that I have to have, you know, with, with the people I work with is, is very important. So it's important to sometimes take a step back, take a breath before you deal with a situation. Good stuff, good stuff. And Freya, what are you going to be doing next with your career? Uh, well, I'm hoping to finish my PhD um, early to mid next year. Um, don't hold me to it. Um, oh, we will, we will. <laughs> I know. Um, and then I've got six months of funding to um, be a postdoc um, after, which will basically continue my PhD project for a bit. Um, generally, I would like to stay in academia. Um, I That might be in um, sort of, human medicine or it might be veterinary medicine or it might be like a lovely mix of both which I'd absolutely love if the job exists which I hope it will at some point um yeah so that that's me I I love academia like the freedom that it gives me to pursue my own interests and learn new skills do a bit of teaching which I really enjoy um so yeah for the moment uh academia is for me but I'd never sort of shut any doors permanently mm -hmm. Okay, you don't see yourself going back to uh, clinical practice at any point then? Uh, well, I still, I still locum. Um, mm. I still locum in practice at the moment okay. uh, and I volunteer for street vets. So um, I don't plan on stopping doing those things. Good stuff. Good stuff. And I've got one final question for all of you. So I'll start with you, Belinda. But what is the best piece of career advice you have ever had? You know, I've been thinking long and hard about this. Uh, um I, I, it's not really career advice. It's career kind of um, 
one of the, the first vets I ever worked for, I was 15 years old, working in veterinary practice. And he said, I don't know why you want to be a veterinary nurse. You just clear up poo all day. And I think from that moment on, I was absolutely determined to pursue my career and, you know, go, no, vet nurses do lots of things. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of, um, it's not really clear advice, but I don't think there's any advice that I've ever listened to really um, because I've always listened to myself and uh, what's made me happy. So, yeah, I think my advice is really make people happy. Make yeah, do, what, so, do what makes yeah. you happy. So, so I've never really listened to other people. Listen to yourself and do what you want within, yeah. within reason. Um, yeah, don't listen to others. No, yeah. There's a lot of people who tell you you can't do stuff. And, yeah, um, don't listen to just, them. Just listen to the people who tell you you can do what you want. Um, that's something I've always done. Um, Freya, best piece of advice you uh, you ever had um, in, in your career? I think um, the importance, I, like networking is so important. Um, I think even if someone like someone you know will know someone who knows someone who's going to be really important and really helpful to you um, and just putting yourself out there because to a certain extent like it is it is who you know but you can be in control of who you know so you can make those things happen establish those relationships and that's been such a such a help to me good answer and, and this is our network as well so people yeah. network away um, yeah. And finally, Luke, best piece of career advice you've ever had? Uh, I think, well, I'm trying to decide between two. So I think one would be keep on pushing and two would be the day will end at some point. Okay. On that point, I think the panel discussion just ended right there. So uh, thanks, everybody. That's pretty much us done for this month. Um, but I'd like to thank Katie, who does an amazing job for us on the tech. I'd really like to thank Freya, Belinda and Luke for coming in and sharing their stories and their insights. It's been absolutely fantastic. But most of all, I want to thank the delegates for attending. It really is nothing without you guys. And once again, you've made it a real success. So it's been great uh, to just be part of it. Um, I'd like to get your diaries out and make a note of our next event, which will be taking place on the 29th of July. Um, So please join us again then. Um, And obviously... Any ideas, um, any suggestions you may have, please send them in, be it stuff you want Nikki and Lee to be doing. Hopefully it doesn't involve um, sticking pies into my face again, but whatever it is, any subjects you want discussing, um, anything, please send in your suggestions to the, uh, to the happy hour email address. Um, and um, yeah, we will, uh, we will do what we can to try and accommodate you all and try and get those uh, those things discussed because it really is about you guys so we want to hear from you uh, it doesn't work without you so and also tell your friends um we want to get this going get this going and get it bigger and bigger and bigger every month as we go um and it's just been fantastic so thanks for joining us again on happy hour um and hopefully see you soon